Hey, in this episode of Jesus, Sex, and Politics, Nathan and I dive into a special edition of previewing the 2022 midterm elections. There's a lot of talk on the left right now, and they're not real excited about what these elections are going to bring here in 24 hours. So we're going to see what Bill Maher has to say, along with a look at some of the Senate races and House races and gubernatorial races around the country. You're not going to want to miss this episode as we dive into the future of our nation. Here we go. Hey, welcome to the Jesus Sex and Politics Podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And Nathan's on the phone today, not in the studio. <laughs> but at least I'm here and not being replaced. So. Cool. You know, we you know. we thought about doing a special election day preview on this Monday morning, the day before election midterms 2022. And Nathan's like, ah, I don't know if I can get into the studio. I'm like, Nathan, we got to do it. You're calling in then. You're calling in. And so I got him out of bed. It's 830 in the morning. Oh, no, no, no. First off, I would have come in. I would have come in. You said we could do it by phone if that makes it any easier <laughs> so we can get it in this, in this time slot. And I said, okay, that's a cool idea. So don't throw me under the bus now, man. I, I don't remember how it went down, actually. I, I, <laughs> uh, so, Nathan, we got a uh, big day tomorrow, midterm elections, to see if we can get this nation uh, off the course of destruction that it seems like the Biden administration and the, the leftists are trying to take us down. So what are your thoughts? You, uh, you sent me a really inst- in- interesting clip uh, from Bill Maher the other day we're going to talk about and break down here. But, yeah, what are you thinking when it comes to the elections tomorrow? Okay, well, I have to admit a guilty pleasure in my life. Not listening to Bill Maher. Listening to any leftist anytime, anytime they feel like they're going to lose or when they lose. <laughs> I always love to flip over to other channels and, and watch them as they are imploding uh, because it's hilarious, first off. Um, so when I came across this one the other day, I was thinking, boy, do they sound defeated. Which is, you know, listen, when, when the left sounds defeated, that's a good day for America. And uh, I just thought, hey, let's talk about what he's saying here. Listen to the spin that you're with. The spin that you're going to hear is, is unreal. It's like, how can you even believe your own, your, your own lies? But enough people hear it enough, they, they begin to believe it. What I'm encouraged by is the woe is me right now in the, in the media. They think they're going to get a shellacking, which I don't think that means that in any way we should uh, lay off the gas pedal. I think you've got to make sure that you send a message about how, how big of a shellacking they need to take. Um, and, and I really think that the conservatives have done a great job getting it back to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, the, the dinner table kind of conversation about what's going on in people's lives and how they're destroying it. Well, it's the, uh, it's like, um, uh, what's the famous saying? It's the economy stupid. Remember, uh, the Clinton advisor, uh, James Carville, Carville, Carville yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's about the economy stupid and, and, and they, and they mocked the, the conservatives or they, they mocked the, the Republican party at the time. I don't know if I would say they were really being totally led by the conservatives at the, at the moment. But when, when he said that and the Democrat party never took their eye off the ball, um, and just kept promoting the economy, and and he that's what he was talking about. He's like, if you think 
that that they're as pushed by social issues. We all want to believe that social issues really, really, really matter. In some ways, they do for a time, but not when people are getting killed. And I don't know if anybody's looked at their four hundred one k recently. Holy cow! Oh my gosh! You know, yeah, everything is like I'm. Uh, you know, for for me, I've got at least twenty to twenty five years until I have to tap that thing. But for a lot of people, uh, they're having to look at it right now. And it's just, you know, depressing for them. I heard a guy on Fox and Friends this morning when I was driving in. Uh, he he just hit retirement for, uh, four months ago. And he said his 401k has dropped already $400,000 in the last five months. So, oh, wow. Yeah, $400,000. I mean... What is that? I mean, and here's the thing that I go back to. I told everyone this was going to happen. <laughs> I don't want to say that. You know, I I don't want to be like, I told you so, but I'm going to be See, like. I, I told I, you so. <laughs> Didn't Russ write a book called See, I Told You So? Yeah, yep. And, <clears throat> and I think that's exactly where we are right now. It's We knew this was going to happen. We understand the policies that are being presented on both sides of the aisle. And as pastors... All we do is we look at the policies and then we line them up with God's word and we say, is this is this what God says to do? If it's not what God says to do, it's not going to work. And the left have been putting out policies that just are fundamentally against what God's word says to do when it comes to good governance that's going to create good society, that's going to create prosperous wealth for everybody in that society, and yet the left doesn't want to do it because they want to thumb their nose to God, they want to do what's right in their own eyes, and here we are. And we said this two years ago, if you vote for Joe Biden, if you vote for the Democrats, this is exactly what where we're going to be. And now we're there and everyone's like, what happened? I don't know. I can't believe this is happening. How's my 401k going down the tubes? Like, well, you, you did exactly what we told you not to do. Well, there, I, I think, uh, I think that's so right. Uh, you hate as a parent, I know you haven't reached the, the, the teenage years yet, Micah, but as a parent of teenagers, uh, this is a whole lot of what you, you get. You, you get, hey, I told you don't do that. You did it. Here's the consequences. I told you that would happen. You hate it. You hate to watch people broken and having to suffer through consequences. But some of us are just experiential in the way we learn. And you, you have to go through these stages. That's why the Bible talks about, you know, the hoary head, uh, you know, the gray hair is what that means. The gray hair of an old man is, is his glory. Um, you know, you're going to learn through hardship. The, the worst thing to be is old and still dumb because you haven't learned. You know, policies really have a play, you know, where it's going to all lead to. That's why, you know, I don't really care as much about, uh, about the candidate as much as I care about what policies are, are they going to run. I do wish I could get both in a guy. Or, or, or a girl. I wish I wish they would do it. But in the end, what are you actually going to govern by? And, uh, and a lot of times we have to see. So everybody can talk. Oh, this is going to be great. And, you know, uh, here's one. Biden was out there talking constantly about how he's not going to have any lack of civility with people. And if you talk down to anybody, you know, you'll be gone. No questions asked. Well, I just heard him calling people idiots the other day. <laughs> Right. So could we expect 
President Biden to fire himself? Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> you know, but I, I don't believe he's going to do that because it's just all talk. It's, it's, it's just all spin. And at the end of the day, we can see what people do. Yeah. No, that's right. And, and it's uh, how quickly uh, the hypocrisy comes out, right? On the campaign trail, it was the, you know, Trump's a mean guy. I'm going to be a nice guy. And wow, that, that ended very quickly once. I mean, even the, the speech that he gave in front of uh, Independence Hall in, in Philadelphia there uh, with the red background, and uh, he, was, he was basically... You mean Emperor Palpatine? <laughs> that's right. The Emperor Palpatine speech. He was... Holy. He was vilifying half of America. And then they just keep doing it. They just want to keep doubling down on the mega crowd and saying that the mega crowd are a bunch of little Hitlers. And and I'm not exaggerating. That's what Jim Clyburn, the uh, uh, third most powerful Democrat in the House, he's been out saying for the last three days that if you vote for Republicans, you're doing exactly what the Nazis did in the mid-1930s. You're, you're bringing the Nazism to power. And I'm thinking to myself, you guys are idiots, man. This is this is like, how can someone be that blind? And I can say you're idiots because Joe Biden calls people idiots. And so if the left on the if the left is mad at me for calling somebody an idiot, I don't I don't <laughs> know if you ever said that you were going to fire anyone. If that's true, they I've ever never used any kind of derogatory <laughs> language because everybody needs to have all this respect. Yeah, you know, I'd never said that. I never rescinded my ability to call somebody an idiot if I have to. Yeah. You know, if, if you, if you do the dumb, dumb, dumb things, eventually you have to consider policy doesn't work. My, my way of living doesn't work and it hurts people. That's idiotic to me. That's right. Yeah. It's better than calling somebody a fool. So fool is uh, someone who's in danger of hellfire. I don't want to call somebody a fool. I'd much rather call him an idiot because that just means you're dumb and maybe you can, you can uh, think straighter next time. But, uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> so. what is that? Wasn't there a whole series of books called the idiot's guide to, oh, yeah. idiots, idiots yeah. can learn. That's right. They can. They're not, you know, they're not, it's not, they're not hopeless. It's uh, there's always, if you're an idiot and you're listening to this, there's hope. Jesus can yeah. help you. So, yeah. yeah. Or you're, or you're young and you have a mind full of liberal mush. Don't yeah. worry. There was many. And, and Rush used to say, we shall form your mind full of mush <laughs> into something that resembles a brain. We will do it. See, I think that's the, 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 the thing that you have to think about is, okay, policies, you're, you're supposed to have some memory. And I don't know if that's why they said that uh, the Republicans picked, you know, I consider myself a conservative before I consider myself a Republican. But, but um, I, I remember that somebody was illustrating that and said the reason that they picked that uh, animal, the, the elephant, was because the elephant has a long memory. He, he just can remember things. And I think that's what you're supposed to do. Like we look at communism, we look at Marxism, we look at, at, at socialism and we look around and go, okay, now how did it work out for that country, that country, that country, that country? And it's abject failure. And you, you, you look at it and we go and, and we say, see, it'll be failure for America too. But the, the left comes and says, oh no, if America tries it, it will succeed. Well, they no, picked that. They picked a, an ass for their uh, logo, so uh, kind of kind of fits them. <laughs> I I I I uh, I don't know exactly what they're trying to say. With that. <laughs> well, hey, let's let's dive into this uh, clip here with Bill Maher and let's break it down as we go because it is such a 
It is such a good telling clip of what's probably going to happen tomorrow. Here we go. And finally, new rule. Well, we had a good run. I know that's not really a rule, but since everything in America is about to change in a very fundamental way, what the f***? <laughs> Rules are about to go out the window. Tuesday is election day, and I know I should probably tell you to vote in what, honest to God, is really the most important election ever. So, okay, yes, you should vote. And it should be for the one party that still stands for democracy preservation. Okay, stop. Yeah, it. stop yeah. Stop, okay, that's good. I was, was going to stop it there anyway. <laughs> Let's look. There, was, there was too much to talk about there. Oh, but come on. Democracy you know, preservation. Oh, my. You've that heard that what, a lot oh lately. Yeah, the people that are trying to get rid of, of, of the Constitution and not read it as it was written, but to reinterpret it, to do whatever they want to with it, to work in there that they can kill babies and that that's in the Constitution. Come on, they don't care about they don't care about pro, you know, the preservation of of the Constitution. And I, I do want to focus on how much they talk about democracy, as if that just means that you know all the people voted for this. Uh, I, I think that we need to be careful of that word. We are we are a republic. You know, we're a republic, <laughs> right? We're a republic, and and yet you know what are we based on? Well. You know, do do we democratically elect people? Yes, we do. We, so we have representative uh, government. But I think a lot of people, they just get it in their head that, you know, kind of whatever most of the people want, that's what we're going to do. And I think you have to go, hey, no, that's not what the, the Constitution is, is not designed to do that. They haven't had a good run at, at saving this country. They've had a good run at trying to destroy it. So that's that's what I see. You you've tried to destroy this thing. You couldn't have this kind of decline unless unless it was planned. So, you can't screw up the policy, Micah, as badly as they're doing unless it's all a diabolical plan to do it. They've got chaos everywhere. So the uh, founders had a lot to say about democracy, and uh, there's a great quote by John Adams. He says this. He says, remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There was never a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. And then James Madison said, democracies have been found incompatible with personal security or the rights of property, and in general, been as short in their lives as they have been violent in their death. And what they're saying is democracy is mob rule. You cannot have a democracy that lasts long because what happens is you you get people who know how to stir up the mob and the majority of people become a mob and they will do whatever they want to do. Whatever the mob leaders tell them to do, they go out, they burn the streets, they torch the cars, the businesses, they steal your stuff, they murder you, they take your children. Whatever it is that they want to do, they can do and there's nothing that protects the minority rights a republic protects their minority rights a constitutional republic is why our founders put that in the place because they never wanted the minority to be trampled by the majority so everyone who says democracy is under attack we're not a democracy for the last time <laughs> for the last time it's one of my biggest pet peeves i just i Absolutely. hear that and i'm like oh my gosh so yeah. Hey, that, well, hey, that was that was a masterclass. Absolutely, they they are going to keep saying, you know, oh, everything's going to fundamentally change. 
actually, actually, it should go back to what it was fundamentally created to do. It, it should go back to the truth. That's what comes in when you when you start. I'm gonna I'm gonna change this. I'm gonna I'm gonna change this. The government as government grows, and as there's no check on what someone can do, like what Biden's doing with this energy policy, or what he's doing at the border. There are laws out there, and they're just changing them. They're 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 going at it and just saying, well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to enforce this part of the law. We're not going to enforce this part of the law. This is where we get into a place where executive action is not the way we're supposed to be governed. We're supposed to be governed through the legislature actually passing laws, and the president's job is to carry those laws out. That's good. They're not doing it. Yep. They're 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 acting more like little emperors. And 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 this is not this is instability. You want to talk about instability? Instability happens when you have eight years of this president, four years of this president, now two years of this president, and they can just change it with a stroke of a pen. The markets don't respond to that. That that's only going to that's only going to instill fear. Fear is going to get people to not invest or move their money elsewhere so they they don't get taken advantage of. When we don't have energy policy that, that, you know, this guy wants to say, I'm going to close down all the coal. I'm going to make it absolutely obsolete. I'm going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to cut down on all the drilling. We're not going to give away the contract like we did before. Well, what do you think is going to happen? The gas prices are going to go up and you're not going to be able to, to, uh, to argue that that's, that's some foreign, you know, uh, Putin over in a different country, some foreign war that's really doing that bull crap. That is not what's happening. You're doing this. We can have all the energy to be free and have this economy humming. But as it slows, it is absolutely the policies from a pen that are doing it. And the, uh, the a good quote, too, just to remember, if you hear people talking about democracy under attack, Alexander Hamilton, he talks about ancient democracies, and he says, the ancient democracies in which the people themselves deliberated never possessed one good feature of government. Their very character was tyranny, their figure deformity. So if you hear people saying, we got to have a democracy, where's our democracy? Know what they're saying is they want tyranny. And they want to deform the the very nature of our government. It won't work. It will it will trample on minority rights. So so on that to say, Bill Maher, you're wrong on that one. All right, let's pick it back up with uh, uh, more of what Bill Maher has to say, so we can laugh some more. Here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> but. <clears throat> It's also a waste of breath because anyone who believes that is already voting and anyone who needs to learn that isn't watching and no one in America can be persuaded of anything anymore anyway. The January 6th hearings, it turns out, changed nobody's mind. No, duh. Democrat Jamie (laughs) Raskin said. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they tried and tried so hard to make people think that January 6th was a big deal, and they failed miserably. Now, listen to this next part. The hearings would tell a story that it, will really people blow actually the roof off the house. goes the other no, way. that was Hurricane Ian. <laughs> the hearings, roof not blown. The committee did a masterful job laying out the case, but no, we live in partisan no, America now. So it's a little like doing stand-up when half the crowd only speaks Mandarin. <laughs> No matter how good the material is, it's not going to go over. It wasn't good material. After all the hearings, the percentage of Americans who Listen thought Trump did nothing wrong went up Boom. three points. 
That's America now. It's like, I love that. And he's saying that like that's a bad thing. It's like, okay, you guys had a chance to present the facts. You did. You did it on primetime television. You hired an executive from Hollywood to come in and produce these hearings like it was some like NCIS, uh, you know, uh, courtroom somewhere. And you're, you do everything. You lay it out and you do everything in your tool belt. And then when the American people hear what you have to say about really what happened on January 6th, 3%, it went up 3% thinking Trump actually was vindicated and didn't do anything wrong, which is exactly what was the case for anyone who now thinks- wait a minute. Yeah. I, I have a question. Did, did Trump ever get a defense in that whole matter? No, never. No, so we had one side on- on network television, laying out their argument, and and what does the Bible say? One side seems right until the other side presents its case. They didn't even give them a chance to present the case. Yep. They they have. There's been there's been no. This has been a sham, and the people of America are smarter than that. They're looking at it and they're going, "Where is even the right process here? This is absolutely." A sham. And, and you know what uh, they as did? Far as I'm, you, know, you know what they did? They actually probably propped Donald Trump up for a, a greater chance at success in 2024 to run for president. I think that whole thing just uh, infuriated the American people. When the raid on Mar-a-Lago happened... I think I think it was one of those I think it was one of those uh, moments where the American people said, "You are using the Justice Department and raiding a a potential political candidate opponent political opponent's house." This is totally what tyranny and authoritarian dictatorships do around the world. This doesn't happen here. So I think January 6th, the whole thing surrounding that, it actually gave Trump a better chance at winning in 2024. And I think he's probably going to announce probably mid-November that he's going to be running for uh, for president again in 24. So which I just go back to the libs and I say, guys, you you made this happen. If you would have just gone quietly, quietly into the night and, and taking the higher road, if, if you will, because they always say, we take the higher road. When they go low, we go high. Yeah, whatever. When they go low, you guys bring out the DOJ and try to destroy everything about them and their family and their friends and anyone who has ever had a Trump hat. So, like, this, you guys made this. This is your, this is your doing. And if you would have just followed the biblical process, it probably actually would have gone a lot better for the Democrats. And they, they may not have an opponent in Donald Trump because who knows what would have come out if, if the American people would have been able to see both sides. But they didn't do that, and here we are, and now they're bemoaning, oh, what have we created? Well, exactly, you've made Frankenstein. I love Bill Maher because he's kind of Dr. Frankenstein, you know what I mean? Like, he made the he made this monster on the left uh, come alive over the last 15 years of his, his career, and now he's like, you hear him all the time being like, what has happened? I can't believe that the leftists are doing this. What are we doing? This is terrible. <laughs> like, you, yeah, he, you made this. Yeah, he, he tries to he tries to make fun of leftism in some ways while he embraces it on the other side when no one's looking. He fashions himself as a liberal, which, to be honest with you, uh, liberals, true liberals, uh, were were for being able to speak. Yeah, freedom uh, of speech. You know, and. And, you know, we're supposed to protect everybody's stupidity in their speech because because that's what, you know, you have to have uh, in order to have freedom. But 
the liberals, so many of them have marched right into the leftist camp. Uh, and a true liberal is kind of sitting there looking at this, like, what is going on? So Bill Maher's at war with himself because, you know, he, he talks on both sides of his face. He really doesn't know exactly where he lands on all, all these things. Um, but, you know, the fact that he's so down and dejected in the mouth, that is joy to me. I am telling <laughs> Let's, let's, uh, keep, I, I, let's I think, keep listening because I, yeah, I want to hear ahead. how uh... – you know, he just he gets worse and worse in this whole clip here. So here we go. Like trying to win an argument in a marriage. Even when you're right, it still gets you nothing. <laughs> I wonder if Bill Tapper made. I doubt it. Ben Franklin said our country was a republic if you can keep it. Oh, there well, we, we go. Can. Finally, he called a republic. And unless a miracle happens on Tuesday, we didn't. Oh, my god. Democracy is on the ballot, well, and unfortunately, it's going to lose. And once it's gone... It's gone. Okay, so Ben Franklin said, a republic, madam, if you can keep it, was the quote. And then two sentences later, he follows it up with, uh, our democracy is on the ballot. Again, we're not a democracy! <laughs> well, and, and here's, the, here's the thing that they, that they seem to be doing so much of is uh, existential threats. This is going to destroy our very existence. We will not make it through that, right? <laughs> Everything is is uh, the woe, woe, woe. There is no hope. You're all going to die. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have come to think things. There's no hope. You're all going to die. You know, uh, it's just it's hilarious that 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 they can motivate their side through fear that we will not be alive. They do it with global warming. They do it here. They're not talking about the kitchen table uh, issues. They're they not talking it. about They that. did it with they COVID. They did it with COVID. I mean, look how they got everyone that's, that's to shut exactly down right. and to, to wear masks and to put experimental drugs, jam them into your kid's arms. And like they did it because yeah. it was the threat of you're going to die. To which I, if you're a Christian, this is why it's so awesome to be a Christian because death is not the end. Death is merely one step of the beginning of paradise that you take and and you can't threaten Christians who know Jesus with death and that's why that's why tyranny has to get rid of the church in order for it to be successful. That's why the communist party in China is going after the the Christian church. It's because it's because it, it we know that Christians don't look at government as the end all be all. It's not God. They don't control our existence and and we don't and honestly if we if we die you just we just go to heaven. We just were in paradise. And so so this idea that, you know, it's all going to end. Okay, even if it all does end and you're a believer in Jesus, you still have great hope. So, and, it, and here's the deal. It's not all going to end because Jesus is the one who's going to end it all, not COVID or global warming or global cooling or whatever you think it's going to be every 12 years, it seems like. They're the new, you know, they're the new, uh, uh, remember the Timeline pastor? for our destruction? Yeah, the pastors back in the uh, 80s when they were saying, Jesus coming back, it's on this date, on this this hour, and this is what's going to happen. The left has become the new, uh, those uh, televangelists that are predicting the end of all earth, and they're like, give us money, and, and we're going to go run for office, and we're going to make sure that we uh, we see a, an extension of our of our earth here, and so it, it's it's amazing how the tables have flipped. So well, and that's and and fear is a tactic. Uh, you know, fear is a tactic of of the enemy. Uh, you know, God God says 
you know, it's Paul the Apostle, he's talking to Timothy and he says, um, you, you know, you have not been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. So, you know, when that spirit of intimidation or that, that spirit, you, you don't have a spirit of timidity, Paul says. Okay, so ask yourself, are you living in a spirit of timidity or are you living in a spirit of, hey, I'm part of the kingdom of God. The gates of the house will not prevail against us. Who by worrying can add an inch to their height or a day to their life? Worry is not supposed to be what we do as Christians. Now, I do think there's a point where love motivates you to do things. So, so I love my country. I see, I kind of see it burning down in so many ways. So love gets me out the door to go be a part of the process of, of trying to fix it or hold people accountable or vote or whatever. But it's not fear. It's, 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 it's something must be done against the wickedness that's going on. And, and we, we have to rise up. But they use existential threat all the time. It's, it's their, it's their heartbeat. You listen to it. You'll hear it all the time. You're, you're not going to die by what they say you're going to die by. You're going to die on the day that the Lord has appointed for you to die. And that's going to happen. And you can't change it. You know, like two like, things, two things in life more. are constant taxes and death. That's what Ben Franklin said. So, uh, that's, you can't get away from those two things. <laughs> You know, I, I think we talked about it before, but oh, I study generals, you know, and you, you and I have talked about uh, General Stonewall Jackson. And, I mean, the bullets are flying by, the bombs are blowing up around him, but he doesn't move. And his young guys go, why is it that you can stand like this in the face of all the war that's going on? And he says, because I know, I know that the day and the time of my leaving this world has been appointed by God and nothing can touch me until he says so. See, I don't feel there's fear in that kind of living. I see that as tremendous courage. Lord, while you have me here, I'm going to do everything I can. But, but the idea that everything is going to melt down as a, as a result of, you know, if we don't stop them. And that's been their talking point. They're not talking about where people are concerned about their families. Before they're going to be have interest everywhere else, they're going to look at, hey, are my kids okay? Is my wife okay? Are we going to be able to pay the bills? Can I get to work? There, there's a lot of the kitchen table stuff that just keep talking about those issues. Don't make it a thing of all democracy is melting down. And we had a good run and whatever. Yeah. All right, let's, let's keep uh, listening to old Bill Maher here. Here we go. It's not something you can change your mind about in reverse. That's gender. <laughs> so here's what's going to happen. I love that he's kind of making fun of that. Of that Congress was more of a Next year, they'll be impeaching Biden and never stop. Good. They'll impeach him for getting out of Afghanistan. Good. And getting into oh my goodness. For, if, for inflation, if for recession, for Good. falling off his bike. It won't matter. Good. And it won't make sense. But Biden will be a crippled <laughs> duck when he goes up he against is, the 2024 he is a crippled Trump duck. Gary Lake ticket. Oh, that'd be, oh, man, Trump, Kerry Lake. Wouldn't that be awesome? Boy, oh, 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 oh. that would be an amazing ticket. Well, you know, the, the idea that they're going to impeach Biden. Well, let me just ask you, would there be any reason why he deserves to be impeached? Oh, if there was every reason to try and impeach Trump, there's 
there's 50 times the reason to uh, try and impeach Biden. Yeah. It, you know, everything this guy says, he, he uses power, pre, uh, you know, uh, quid pro quo. This guy, this guy totally does that. Yeah. And he doesn't even hide it. Yeah. The, the very thing they accuse Trump of doing, which he didn't do, is the very thing Biden does. And if they are attacking you for something that, that they that they say is bad. That's the very thing they're doing. Yeah. Well, their side is doing. And and these are the new rules. These are the new rules that they themselves pulled when they impeached Donald Trump twice. Okay. So they remember there was two impeachments of Donald Trump. I mean, this was an all hands on deck nuclear option by the Democrats in and under Trump's term. They didn't give him. They didn't give not. They did not respect the American people to give him the right to govern the way that they should have given him the right to govern. And so guess what? These are the new rules. So now you guys made this, you guys made this a battle. And we, every time there's a Democrat in office, you're probably going to see impeachment. Every time there's a Republican in office, you're probably going to see an impeachment. And remember, it all went back to the Democrats doing this to Donald Trump. It was totally unfounded. There was no proof that he did anything. And yet they tried to impeach him two times and the media went along with it. And now they're upset that, oh, you might impeach Biden. You're darn right we're going to impeach him. We're going to impeach him every freaking day. We can do it. And we should. Well, it, you know, and, and, and when they talk about how they changed the rules, right, how they started this, don't, don't forget that they did the same thing when it came to how many votes it would take to, Confirm. Uh, to get a judge in, yeah. right? That and, was Harry Reid, your nuclear Harry, option. Harry Reid, and he goes, don't do this. I think it was McConnell going, don't do this because if you do this, you're, I mean, this is like you're changing the rules and it's going to come back to bite you. And boy, did it come back to bite him when Trump turned around and used it and said, okay, watch me get all of these judges positions filled. It was kind of the wisest thing he ever did is take advantage of all these, these judges vacancies that were everywhere. He got some of the worst courts in the land to turn around and, and, and change their philosophy. Yeah. But, but this is uh, another thing. It's because, because I think the left believes in, in the ends justify the means. And so go ahead, do whatever you need to do. But when power shifts and you don't play by those rules, just, just understand this is going to bite you in the tail. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, they, Biden has absolutely done impeachable things. What he has done at the border is absolutely impeachable. The crime rate is going through the roof, and it is largely because we're not, you know, we're allowing people to come across the border. We're allowing terrorists to come across the border. This guy's job is to defend the people of the United States, and he can't even close down a border that was that was locked down primarily under the past president he can't keep that he creates chaos he creates decline and then says oh but we're the only ones that can fix it bullcrap we're not buying that yeah that's good all right let's see what else he has to say it doesn't matter on inauguration day 2025 he's going to show up whether he's on the list or not and this time he's not going to take no for an answer because this time he will have behind him the army of election deniers that is being <laughs> elected in four days. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Kind of like Hillary Clinton denied the 2016 results for four years, even to this day. Kind of like Stacey Abrams still says that she did not lose the gubernatorial election in 2018. Mikey, your problem, your problem, <laughs> this is your problem, okay? You have memory. 
You were uh, supposed right. to check oh, yeah. your brain at the that's door. Right. What are you doing? You're a bad American. Yeah. Like, a, oh, that's don't a, bring these I things forgot. up. How dare you? I forgot. I forgot. I'm sorry. But here's the thing. Everyone out there who's who's being bullied into not sent, not questioning elections, don't buy into that. It's good to question the election integrity every single election. You should. It should go through strict scrutiny. We should make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that these are free and fair elections. If you don't have critical eyes on the elections, it will be warped into a fraudulent election. And so it's not... I never, listen, when Hillary Clinton was questioning the 2016 results and it was all Russia collusion and they spent $45 million under the Mueller investigation to to find out that there was really no collusion there after all, like everyone had been saying, like everyone on the right had been saying. I didn't say Hillary Clinton Clinton was a threat to democracy. I thought she was dumb. For I, I thought she was foolish for, for not seeing what everyone else could see. But I didn't say, oh my gosh, she's a threat to democracy. She needs to be locked up. She needs to be, you know, thrown out thrown in jail throw away the key without any uh without any trial no i just said no she doesn't know what she's talking about but here now we have it and people in 2020 say hey we think that there were some serious issues which if you were actually paying attention it looks like there were very serious issues in places like philadelphia or georgia or michigan or wisconsin so i think there was certainly some credit on these people on the side of the people saying we just want to make sure it's free and fair and now everyone's that says that is being labeled a conspiracy theorist throw away lock them up throw away the key you guys are uh, pr- uh, uh pushing a big lie you're a threat to democracy even though we don't have a democracy <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I, man. I, listen i i am actually encouraged when I when I hear a lot of people say, "Oh no, that election that was the freest and fairest election in the history of America," I I I want once I get up off the ground from laughing, you know, <laughs> about the stupidity of such a statement. I, I I want to know: Do my other fellow Americans see what what I see here? Do, am, are, are we alone? We're not alone. I mean, you know, him him being afraid of an army of people that are election deniers. Good. Yeah. Good. I, I I absolutely do not believe that, that that election was was free and fair. No way. No way. I will never believe. It. I, I I don't. I I I will not buy what they're peddling. So you're upset about that, Mark? Good. I love to see you dejected. Good. <laughs> All right. More de- dejection from Bill Maher. Here we go. <laughs> There are almost 300 candidates on the ballot this year who don't believe in ballots. And they'll be the ones... Oh, oh my gosh, what a stupid thing to say. (laughs) So do you hear how he he twisted that? It's like, because you're questioning the integrity of election, you now want to get rid of all elections. And the ballots actually don't even mean anything anymore. What a lie. And your picture ID what? to get it done. Oh my gosh. We would love for you to vote. We're happy for you to vote. We just want you to do it fair, and we only want you to vote one time, and we don't want you to vote for anybody that was born in 1860. <laughs> That's what we want. <laughs> Which, we want you to vote. Which just happened, by the way, uh, in, was it Chicago? There was uh, D- David Barton, when he was here, was talking about that, that they found out um, in somewhere there was a guy that voted and he was, uh, he, he was a lot like... His, 152 years old. He was 152 like years old. Yeah, yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, that's, that's great. So he, he was alive during the Civil War. Wow, I yeah, want to talk to yeah. that guy. So On the voting issues, look, you know, when you say that this is 
this is against minorities and particularly black people is what they're saying. If you, if you want voter ID, you're for the suppression of the black vote. When, when they went out into the streets and started asking people if they could present their black people, if they could present their, their driver's license, they're like, you have to have your driver's license for everything. And, and here's, these these white leftists who are like, oh no, this is this is gonna, you know, this is gonna mean that it's gonna be harder for you to do these things, and you won't be treated fairly. And the black people in the streets were going, that's that's ridiculous. What are you talking about? Of course we have a driver. How place. dumb do you think we it are? Was, you know, that's what was, they're asking. Me, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, you talk about something demeaning to people. Tell them. Tell, tell a whole group of people we don't expect that you can get a driver's license. Yeah. What? That is ridiculous. It's racist is what it is. It, uh, yeah. it's, it's absolute. Well, of course, remember, when they're accusing you of something, that's the very thing that they believe or they're doing. That's right. That's right. All right, here we go. ...the rules and monitoring how votes are counted in 24. The facts, the policies, the behavior don't matter anymore. Trump could be filmed throwing a baby off a bridge and still win. Not to Wait, give stop, 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 stop. Before you accuse Trump of, uh, you know, even putting it into anybody's mind that Trump could kill a baby, let's not stop and, 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 and for, let's, let's stop and, and not forget how many babies were killed. Yeah, Under, by, by, by leftists. The, by the policies of the left yeah yeah let's 60, stop and think about that 66 million babies and you could even make the argument that throwing a baby off the bridge is more humane than ripping it apart limb by limb and and yeah. you know what i'm saying like and that's what the left has done they have ripped babies apart limb by limb by the policies when when uh new york passed that uh that uh, all the way up to birth um abortion bill a few years ago and they were celebrating that you could a baby could be partially coming out of the womb and you could kill it, stab it in the back of the head, suck its brains out. Uh, and they were celebrating that. You have bills. You have people like Governor Ralph Northrum, the former Virginia in governor, Virginia. that said yep. that a baby who was who was aborted but but survived after it was born should be you should be allowed to kill the baby after it's born. And that's they that, were high fiving when they got their legislation. Yeah, it's unbelievable, right? high-fiving that they could do that to a child that's straight-up infanticide. So who's throwing babies off bridges? Who's killing them? It's not Trump. Trump put three pro-life and and, uh, strict constructionists on the Supreme Court, and in four years, he, he made it so that we could win a battle we were fighting for the previous uh, what was it? Forty-five years. Like, I, I, I talked to two you know, people this past week, Nathan, uh, at church that had started coming to our church after Roe uh, was overturned because the church they went to, the pastors were were either silent on Roe being overturned or they were apologizing to the congregation for Roe being overturned. And these two people, it was two separate. It was two separate conversations this week. They said we started coming to your church because we heard that you were passionate about defending Roe being overturned and that in that you weren't silent when when we've been praying for something for 50 years and it finally happens and then the pastors in the pulpits were silent or they they apologized to those who were having a hard time with this decision and I said hey at Life Church we didn't apologize to anybody we said if you're having a hard time with this decision get over it 
And this is yeah. this is a godly decision. This is Donald Trump was was uh, I believe was put in the power by the Lord for one of the, for one, one many reasons, but for one very specific reason to overturn Roe by getting those three judges on the Supreme Court. It would have never happened. And for Christians who don't like Donald Trump or don't like uh, you know this mega quote unquote uh, you know right leaning uh, right right leaning uh, just kind of movement. You have been praying for this for 50 years, have you not? Well, or, or at least they say they've been praying for it yeah. for 50 Yeah, maybe not. You know, the, the question is, when, when you get a major victory, it's a 50-year kind of victory. And prayer, the people that were praying were probably celebrating. Yeah. The, you know, the, the people that thought, well, this will never come to the States. And I think we need to be very careful, Micah, that we make sure that while we celebrate you know, we really celebrate Roe versus Wade, you know, being overturned. We are at war with abortion in this world today, and it's not over. Yeah. Uh, as far as our legislature here in Indiana went, great, not far enough as far as I'm concerned. But, but I think we need to realize that this battle has just moved back to the states because abortion is not illegal in this country. It, it, it's still happening everywhere. We're making it as difficult as we can, little by little. But, you know, don't, don't take the foot off the pedal, folks, because we need to be voting to stop this atrocity. It makes Hitler look like a, a Nancy pants by comparison. We, what, what he did and what we're doing by killing babies, I'm telling you, we, we, America has blood on her hands for this. And, and, you know, even Thomas Jefferson talked about the, the justice of God, that eventually the justice of God is going to come due. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I want to play something here real quick. Speaking of uh, abortion, this is, uh, this is uh, Fetterman. Uh, this, is, this is hilarious. Listen to this. Let me see if it'll come through. I run on Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. <laughs> Okay, listen again. He says, I run on Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. I run on Roe v. Wade. I celebrate the demise of Roe v. Wade. <laughs> Everybody in the crowd is kind of like, wait, what? Because they're all leftists. They're like, oh, what's happening right now? And I just think this is a Fetterman. He's running for Senate against Dr. Oz and... Uh, <laughs> In 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 Pennsylvania, and he's he. Oh my gosh, I feel bad for the guy. He had a stroke, but it is so funny to listen to his speeches because he makes no sense whatsoever. And listen, I'm not making fun of the stroke. I'm making fun that the Democrats would actually think that this guy is capable of being one of the most powerful hundred people in the world. And so, <laughs> oh my gosh, hilarious. Well, you know, look, look, they they didn't they didn't care remotely about whether Biden had yeah, you know, was fit to be able yeah. to do this job. It doesn't really matter what the gaffer say. I got thinking about the Lord of the Rings the other day. This is my old gaffer. That's really what we should call Biden. He is, he is a gaffer in chief. Yep. And, and so is a lot of the people in their party. And when they misspeak, it's no big deal. You know, when they, 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 they don't get held accountable by any of the media for that. Yep. They can do what they can do whatever they want to. The same rules don't apply. If if the media would have attacked Biden the way that the media has attacked Donald Trump over Donald Trump walked slowly down a ramp 
and they were talking about, uh, you know, oh, we, we need to enact, what is it, the 25th Amendment, get him out of here, how's his health, look how frail he looks. Come on. It's hypocrisy. These people are, are, are getting away with whatever they do because there's no accountability because the media has pulled for one side, which is why if you're a thinking American, you don't believe everything being peddled to you. Um, I want to I want to play something here. Um, this is an uh, honest ad uh, from uh, the Democrats. Uh, take take a listen. Here we go. Hi, I'm the spokesperson for the Democratic Party, and I'm here to tell you why you need to vote blue this November. It's been a crazy few years, and after getting that former guy out of office through totally legitimate means, <laughs> we've finally been able to get some work done for the American people. Led by our vivacious president, the country is better off than it was before. Sure, you can't afford to feed your family, but let's take a step back and look at the big picture. <laughs> the first priority for our devoutly Catholic president is to make it easier to dismember babies in the womb. <laughs> Empathy. Our foreign policy has been, well, perfect. Just a few months after Joe Biden took office, America brought Afghanistan back to its tribal roots, reviving their classic culture. Some people criticize our immigration policy, which is basically to incentivize poor migrants to cross the border by refusing to enforce the law and promising them free stuff. The only way we'll change our policy is if Texas border towns keep turning red. In that case, we'll have a wall up faster than you can say, see, say Podway. Look, I could go all day listing the accomplishments of this administration and the Democratic Party, but why not listen to our voters instead? Here's what they have to say. Not being able to afford to eat out, go on vacation, or pay our electricity bills has really brought our family together. Literally, we had to move from our four-bedroom house to a studio apartment. Thank her, you, Joe. Her husband's Thanks taking a you. poop right now. My you daughter is the number it. one girls tennis player in the world. Congrats, honey. Uh, that was a dude. I don't in know a what wig. I do without Democrats and the teachers' unions. With their help, I get to spend all day telling white kids to hate themselves. Thanks. <laughs> uh, she just crossed off a white kid on a chalkboard. Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm gonna stop it there. That was Allie Best Stucky. If you know who that is, she uh, she did this. Uh, it's a great one. You gotta look it up. But but I, I think no, it's it's. I love it. The vivacious president. Oh my goodness! Well, there's a there was a report that um, there's been a there uh, for under Trump polls twenty seven percent of women who who didn't vote for Trump uh suburban women are now it's seven it's gone it's flipped and it's now 17% are thinking they're going to vote republican and you and I think a lot of what Ali Bestucky was sort of uh the satire that she was getting at there was that moms around the country can't even buy food for their kids anymore uh easily they're they're having to go generic uh groceries they're they're having a hard time uh, putting gas in the car, they're seeing the you know just the unrest within the schools and what's being taught in the schools, and you know if you want to tick off a mom, go after start uh, going going after their kids and making their kids suffer. And oh, and I'm telling you, get the mama bear out. Yeah, so that's what's going on here. All right, let's finish this up here. We got a few more uh, minutes here of uh, Bill Maher, but let's uh, let's listen to what he has Herschel to say. Walker any ideas? Okay, that was. That was the throwing the baby off the bridge, and now he's throwing Herschel Walker under the bus saying, don't give him ideas. This right. really is the crossing the Rubicon moment. When I'm the surprised he knows what that actually is. 
are elected, <laughs> which is often how countries slide into authoritarianism. Oh, yeah. Not with tanks in the streets, mm. but by electing the people who then have no intention of ever giving it back. The Republican up for Wisconsin governor just said if he's elected, quote, Republicans will never lose another election. Mm. This is how it happens. Hitler was elected. So was Mussolini, Putin, Erdogan, Viktor Orban. This those are all people that he liked. to us <laughs> moment. Yeah, celebrate democracy, it's man. It's to us right now. We just don't feel it yet. Mm -hmm. We're the Titanic right after the iceberg hit. And honestly, too many Americans just don't care. And won't even care after it happens. Because they never followed politics to begin with and were never taught in school what democratic government was supposed to look like. So how sad can they be about losing something they never knew they had? So I want to stop it right there. You know what? I actually agree with everything he's saying in that part of the clip. Like, we don't know what we've had until we lose it. Yes, you, you vote your way into uh, tyranny, but you have to shoot your way out. I totally agree with that. Everything he's saying is like is spot on from the perspective of, yes, in world history, that's what happens. He's just, he's using it to coerce people to think that his side is actually the side of liberty and freedom when really we know, and we've seen a, a two-year experiment in this uh, the last two years, that your side doesn't bring us policies that bring liberty and freedom and prosperity. They actually do the opposite. You know, the founders believe life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were the three key things that our, our creator has has given us and those three things have to be defended in that order. You first have to defend life, which the Democrats don't. They they push abortion, which is destruction of life. You have to defend uh, liberty, which they want more government. They want more taxes. They want more authoritarian pushdowns on on the people. And then uh, the le life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Being able to pursue happiness, the founders believe it was all property. That was based around the idea that people could were free to have their own property. And we know that many of these leftists are involved in the Great Reset in Davos with Klaus Schwab and their whole mantra in the Davos community in the in the in the great uh, the global economic world the world economic forum is is that you will have no property and you will be happy it totally defies what God has set in place that our founders knew it's it's literally doing everything opposite what our founders said to do and that's the left and so Bill Maher saying oh you're going to have all of these Hitler and Mussolini type experiences if you vote Republican, this is like, to your point earlier, Nathan, it's projection, the art of projection. They are doing exactly what they say they don't want, and that's who they are themselves. And so don't buy into it. Don't listen to it. Don't believe them. This is that fear-mongering tactic. Stand up for liberty and freedom. Stand up for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. When, when you take care of your family first, you know, the Bible says that a man that doesn't take care of his family is worse than an unbeliever. Um, if, if the policies that they're doing in Washington were practiced by us and our families, we would all be bankrupt, right? It, it doesn't work. You, you need to take care of your families first. A nation is a whole bunch of families. It, it's what are the, what's the bedrock of society? What's the first institution that God ever created? He created marriages. Everything that tries to redefine marriage, tries to change the components of a strong nation, watch out for those things. And the, they, they want you to be dependent on government because they believe that government is the key to everything.
we believe that God is the key to everything. So when they make you dependent on something else other than God, look out. They're peddling you something. We, we ought to be as self-sufficient as possible. Now, just take that, that concept of, of the families of America, the nation of America, being self-sufficient. We'd have our own energy policy that, that pulls our own resources out of the ground, right? We wouldn't be depending on things all over the place. Look at how is your, how's your family doing? And don't look at the handouts from government. You really want to talk about what socialism is? Socialism is legalized theft. It takes from other people for you. And it's terrible. If we would change the tax policy in this country so that everybody had skin in the game, and and just not the the rich paying the, the vast majority of taxes, oh my goodness, can you imagine how that would transform everything? The idea that you can steal from each other legally. Mm. Thieves steal and politicians steal. I mean, if, if that's what they're fighting for, they're fighting for socialism. That's legalized. Here's what it is in, in, in the Ten Commandments. It's covetousness. I want what you have. And I don't want to have to work to get it. I want yours so we can be fair and equal. Yeah. Bullcrap. Socialism is covetousness. Mm-hmm. Go out, work hard, get your own property, right? You can do it. This is the country that offers that. Quit looking at yourself as a victim. Quit looking at yourself as you can't accomplish something. You can accomplish. It may not be easy, but it can be done. Look out for your family. Work hard. And anybody coming to, to just take and say, oh, well, I'm sorry, we, don't, we can't provide this way of living anymore. No way. That's not the pursuit of happiness. I'd like to live in a country where it gets better and better and better everywhere. Our people, like you, you look at America, the poorest people in America are still wealthier than the vast majority of the world. To be poor in America is to be wealthier than the vast majority of the world. Even poverty in America is, is more, you have more in uh, a state of poverty in America than the middle class in Europe do. That's, that's what the, uh, it's a, it's, it's fascinating when you actually dive into that, how rich Americans really truly are. And so that's, um, I mean, it's, a, it's awesome. We, and to, to Bill Maher's point, which I agree with, you don't know what you have until you've lost it. And I think if, you know, we dive into the world of socialism, um, when you have no property, you're going to realize you actually aren't going to have happiness. And so, um, but I want to I want to jump into real quick here, uh, Nathan. Some some key races that we're watching and make some predictions here on Monday, the day before. So um, we there's a, so we're looking at the Senate. I think the House, uh, the U.S. House, is actually going to flip Republican. That's, I mean, everyone's saying that, I, and, and I agree with that. I think we're probably going to have oh, 240. I, I think we're going to have close to 240 seats personally in the in the house and and so i think we're going to see a good night for republicans in the u.s house the senate i think we're going to win by i think we're going to have a 52 maybe even 53 um seat majority but is here some interesting races in nevada that's one that a lot of people haven't been following um the incumbent is a democrat named Catherine uh Catherine uh masto and she's running against a, a republican named adam uh laxalt and he is up in the polls right now, 49.2% to 48.2%. So a whole percentage point. And, uh, and that's Nevada. That's a, that's a 
pretty blue state right now. Then you have Blake Masters, who is in Arizona. He is down, but he's only down by two. He's he's down by actually uh, 1.8%. Uh, you have uh, Kelly is up is leading him about 1.8% right now. Mark Kelly, the Democrat incumbent, who's a former astronaut, he, but here's the thing. The Libertarian just the other day got out of the race. Yeah, he pulled and then endorsed the Republican candidate. And guess how much he's he's he was uh, polling at? Like 1%. 1.8%. 1. Yeah. Exactly how much uh, Blake Masters is down. And Carrie Lake is fun, doing phenomenal in Arizona right now. She's the new superstar of the Republican Party. And I think people are going to turn out for Carrie Lake in such a big fashion that I think it's going to put Blake Masters over the top. I think he wins that. Herschel Walker, I think, wins Georgia. Uh, he's polling uh, about a half a percentage more than uh, than uh, Raphael Warnock. Um, and then, um, and man, talk about a gosh, the guy's a pastor. Raphael Warnock is a pastor, and he gives he honestly he gives pastors who want to be in politics a bad name. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Be careful what you call what you call a pastor. That's true. I, I mean, I'd be honest with you when you don't remotely agree with the policies of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's part of me that goes in what, in what way, shape or form? Well, look, you can call yourself a shepherd. I mean, there's shepherds that are talked about in Ezekiel who didn't do their job. Yeah. Good grief, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I have heard the 52, 53 margin in the Senate, but you know, I, I also was listening this morning to Newsmax. They were talking about, um, you know, that Oz could absolutely pick off, you know, yeah, Fetterman. Fetterman. And I think you will. That, that could very yeah. well happen, which could make that that uh, majority a little bit more. And I think the other thing is the governor's race. Yeah, let's look at those. Uh, look to be a pretty good pickup for the, the Republicans. A lot of people, they say that, you know, hey, that, you know, the polling data has showed really Republicans being behind in a lot of these races. But you know, last two weeks of October, three weeks of October, people really start to get more engaged. And I think you're seeing, um, you know, what, what could be a, a giant turnout. I think that there's a lot of people that are really dejected on the left. Yeah. They know they're going to get shellacked. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but that is a very common thing that happens, to be honest, um, after the first, uh, you know, two-year term of a president. Same thing happened to to uh, Barack Obama. He he had a massive amount of loss yep. that happened after. Clinton, when you have all thing. three, you know, yeah, when you have the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and you start fundamentally changing the way that this cover, this this country looks, which which seems to be what the left likes to say: fundamental change. I don't want. <laughs> fundamental change yeah. I like the fundamentals of america but the when, when you have all that power and you're pushing through things the republicans haven't had power here so what are they what are we basically seeing we're seeing the american people if this turns out the way that it looks like it could turn out we're seeing the american people say no your policies matter my family's not better my family's not wealthier you, I'm not looking to government in Washington for my source, and I need to I need to get back the way of living that we used to have. People are concerned about crime too, my guy. Yeah. I mean, the, the crime rate—they may lose New York, 
Now, did you ever think that they were going to lose New York? Yeah, that's crazy. So right now in New York, uh, we have, let's see here if I can find it. Um, I, I want to say that the governor's race, uh, where, gosh, where is it here? Um, Zeldin. Yeah, Zeldin and then Hochul, but, uh, let's see, I'm trying to see. Okay. Right now they have her up a little bit. She's, she's up, uh, probably about five to eight points, I would say, but, I've also heard polls that it's closer than that. It's neck and neck, uh, like, you know, pretty evenly split. So we'll see what happens. And and here's why I think it could be a good night for Zeldin in New York is because in Oregon, for the first time in 40 years, the Republican candidate has a chance to win the gubernatorial race in Oregon. Even it is, it is, it's a dead heat over there uh, between yeah. incumbent Tina Kotek and Christine Republican Christine Drazen. Who, uh, that, I mean, it's that that says a lot when Oregon is saying, "Oh my gosh, we need change." Well, they, you know, Portland they burned the streets of uh, Portland to the ground uh, under Democrat leadership, which was, you know, I hate that was just a mostly not. <laughs> That's right. The summer of love. Um, remember, it was the summer. Yeah, summer oh, of love. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, uh, I think uh, actually, I've seen the polls where it puts Zeldin up by like one point five percent. Yeah, I think. So, yep. I mean, they, they're they're calling. You know, from from what I'm reading, uh, they think that New York is going to have a Republican great. governor. And and the 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 thing is, how bad do you have to? to let New York go, your city, wherever that city is, before before even the 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 liberals are going, yeah, we don't want, you know, uh, there was a lady that got raped in a in a uh, a very upscale area of Manhattan. Yep. Crime is gone up everywhere. No one wants to ride the subway. Like they're literally telling people if you're if you are going to New York don't and you're 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 not from New York. Don't ride the subway. It's dangerous for you. Like <laughs> this, it, it's it's uh, it's something that crime cannot be put up with. And once again, I just think messaging has been far 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 better on the on the Republican side than it has been on the. Can on the you Democrat imagine? Side. Can you imagine if you uh, you know you just allowed concealed carry in New York? And then you had good prosecutors who would actually allow people to uh, defend themselves. And if let's just say someone does, tried to do something evil in the subway, like attack somebody or rape somebody, and, and then somebody with a gun just shoots him. And then the next day, the prosecutor comes out. We looked at the tape, and uh, that guy deserved to die. We're glad that that citizen pulled his gun out and shot him. Um, uh, thank you, citizen, for doing your duty and protecting our people here in the great state of New York. Can you can you you know can you imagine the shock wave that would be rippling through the crime community? Be like, oh crap! Well, that would be amazing. <laughs> but I think we'd have to we'd have to see a very very different attorney general in New York. I know that one only has one thing on her mind. Yeah, it's good. Get, get Trump. Destruction of Donald Trump. Yeah, you know, that's it's right. Like your job is to protect the American people. Protect the people of New York. Come on. And and the fascination over whatever it takes to make sure that Trump can't run. When the when 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 they hate you that badly, there must be something right with you. Yeah. That's there, right. there there has to be something right with you. <clears throat> but well, you know, I you could you could say whatever you want to about Trump's personality, but I haven't seen a more conservative governing president in my lifetime. 
and I and I loved Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan was great, but but Trump's policies were more conservative than Reagan. I know, that's right. Well, that's again to your point. He said you what must, he was going to do, and he did it. Yep, you must be doing something right if the left hates you that much. I talked about that in my message on Sunday, Nathan. I know you were at the Fisher's campus, but over at the Noblesville campus, I, I brought up the uh, the Chicago Tribune article that was written about us, and I said, if you know, if the yeah, Chicago congratulations, Mike. <laughs> I, I just want to say, when you are making a newspaper in another city, another right, state, I, I yeah, yeah, right, another state, and and that particular state. I just want to say I'm raising my coffee cup full of my beautiful, you know, uh, hand roasted uh, beans. I, I, I salute you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It felt good. They were coming after us. They were saying these pastors need to get out of politics. I'm like, well, we're doing something right. If the Chicago Tribune hates us, we are on the side of, of the Lord. That is for sure. So. All right. Well, I think it's going to be a good night tomorrow night. I think uh, there's a lot of, I think we're taking the Senate and the house. I think we're going to see some big victories in the gubernatorial races around the country. I think there's a red, red wave coming. And, uh, and then locally, I think we're going to have, we're going to see some great uh, things locally too. I know that we got a lot of good candidates that are running locally. If you want uh, you know, a local sort of voter guide, if you're from the central Indiana or just the Indiana area, uh, I put out a, a voter guide on my website, MicahBeckwith.com, And then, um, Oh, yeah. Oh my God, I do have criticism for you. Yeah. Okay, uh, great. <laughs> Church came up to me yesterday and she said, Hey, I don't feel like Micah is taking care of, of showing us how, you know, who, who are the best candidates in the Fishers area? He only seems to be worried about the Noblesville area. And so I just have to tell you, uh, you, you have, you have to expand your horizons, my friend. You need to be talking about those other candidates people don't know about. So, Listen, so, uh, I do my so- I do my part. See, I live in Noble. Here's here's what everyone, I want everyone to know. I live in Noblesville. I do my research first for my own community, and that's my well, that's, that's, that's my diligence. That's right. That's good. That's, that's my, good. But so- you know, God God expands <laughs> our influence. And, um, it's and hard. So people want to know. People want to know what to do in Marion County. Like church people want to know. Hey, what do you do? What, what do we know about Marion County? What do we know about Madison County? Okay. So, so here's, I just wanted I just wanted to put that out there, Pastor You're Nathan. Welcome, everyone, Pastor. <laughs> Mary Lou, Pastor Nathan lives in Madison County, which is, uh, you know, he's got a lot of great insight on that border of uh, Fishers area and Madison County. So, so ask Nathan because uh, let him do some research, and then uh, collectively, you know, when when there's many hands involved, Nathan, there, that means uh, we all don't have to just uh, work quite you know as what, hard. Like so. a, my <laughs> argument went horribly south on it. I really. <laughs> <laughs> horribly south on me i will not do this the next uh, <laughs> no listen we want uh, you guys to get out there and 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 uh and vote listen here's what we say you're an american so so your country is a stewardship you you have been given something great by those who have come before and your job is to take good care of it to pass it down to the next generation intact and so we want you out there voting. It's a stewardship issue. Secondly, we want you to vote biblically. Submit your vote to the Lord like you're supposed to submit every other thing. If God says, hey, this is where I stand on this issue, don't vote for people that stand opposite of that issue, right? Make sure that you can figure it out. And there's, you know, I'm not telling you to be a single voter issue, uh, you know, kind of person, but, 
look at all those things, make a good decision that says, Lord, thy kingdom come and thy will be done, mm. and put that into effect on earth as it is in heaven. How, how, how does God view it in heaven? Let's vote for heavenly principles here on earth. And then finally, you know, I want to put it in your ear, work the polls, work the polls. I, I mentioned that, you know, when it comes to the next election day, I want to see us as a staff be out there and, and, uh, and, and be working those polls. We need to know what's going on in our communities. We need to be involved and we need to hold people accountable. We need to also be against fraud. One, one person should equal one vote if they are an American citizen, right? Let's so let's yep. make sure that that gets done. We're not telling you how to vote, but we are trying to ask you to think. And how do you think? And is your thinking in alignment with God's word? That's right. We don't tell you who to vote for, but we uh, tell you what God says about policies and go find those candidates and, uh, you know, and I think, you know, here's the thing. Sometimes I do tell people who to vote for. Like if I'm like, no, this, this is clear as day. And they'll ask me straight up, who, who should I vote for? Like I do tell people and you should too. I mean, that's just in general, everyone listening. Like if you believe this candidate is a godly candidate or going to promote godly values you can get out there and tell people vote for this candidate. I mean, I think the left wants to scare, especially Christians into submission when they say, you're not allowed to tell people how to vote. You know, and it's like, no, like we can tell people how to vote. We can, we can tell people like these are the candidates that you know, I've researched and they're, they're who they say they are. And this is exactly what God believes on these issues. And they're, they're yep. going to support that. So, so get out there, do your duty, vote. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for protected and handed on for them to do the same. Or one day we will spend our sunset years telling our children and children's children what it was once like to live in the United States where men were free. That was former Ronald Pre president, Ronald Reagan. What for the Gipper? The Gipper. All right. Hey, we love you guys. Thanks for listening to this election day preview. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And we talk about all those things you don't want to talk about. That absolutely will scare you. Uh, uh, Nathan, it's over. You missed it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. See you guys. Love you. Oh, we'll see you. <laughs>